and we'll risk it all to try to stand out from the herd. It's the Cinema 9 Podcast with your host, Eric Brandstrom, Michael Govier, and Travis Roy. Coming to a speaker near you right now. Ahoy there! You are now aboard the Cinema 9 podcast, USS Cinema 9. Yes, we believe very much in America and freedom and patriotism. It's all three of us. They said it couldn't be done. We haven't done a show together with Travis, Eric, and myself since uh twins? episode episode 129 we got twins the twins yeah that was, that was like that three one. episodes ago <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's been, been a, a while yeah it, we did the crossover episode i hope you guys checked that out and we uh did our live episode from the feast where we crossed over with it is safe and uh i guess a little bit of plot so not really but jury was in the background for a minute but uh that was a lot of fun so we hope you enjoyed that and that was our little event we do every year. It's called The Feast, where like 20 of us get together. We spend a weekend together in the middle of nowhere in Michigan. It's real nice, real nice time. And uh, I got sick from that event. Some asshole was sick with something. And, uh, you know, it's I'm not blaming you, Eric. You know, I always blamed you for that sickness in 2002 uh, at Jimmy's that house. Was me. But yeah, that was me. You're off the hook on this yeah, one. So. We all remember that. <laughs> Sorry. I don't, yeah, somebody had a nasty virus in there. And uh, it's not COVID. I triple checked it. So. You know, there are other things out there besides COVID, folks. But it's great to be back. Who cares about that? Let's move forward now. Today, we're going to be doing Travis's Choice, which is known as The Wailing, which is a foreign horror film. Is that how we call it? Yeah, South Korean. International, Mike, please. Oh, sorry. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Foreign is uncool. Uh, International film that was two hours to 35 minutes long. Yeah. Yes, it was. might have something to say about that later. Uh, and of course, we'll we'll get into the wailing, uh, you know, about a half hour or so in the show. We always like to say hello to each other. And of course, we get to our quarantine viewing picks. Uh, Travis, uh, you were at a Halloween party over the weekend that I was supposed to go to, but I got so sick. I, Leanne pulled the plug. She's like, why are we going to this? I'm like, uh, there's a surprise for you. And once I told her about the surprise, she's like, well, we're not going now. I'm like, okay, great. So thank God. Because the only reason I was hanging on because I really didn't want to go and get everyone sick anyways. But uh, <laughs> you, you thought about it. Well, I mean, I I just felt the pressure, societal pressures, you know. So some asshole is an asshole for coming to the feast, but you are just feeling societal pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Just, checking. just just keep just just keeping track here. There's a huge <laughs> difference, a crucial difference. There, World of you know. difference. But uh, yeah, you went as uh, Jack Torrance. I, I didn't guess that by seeing the picture. Well, I don't look anything like Jack Torrance, but uh, I wasn't going to shave my beard and I wasn't going to grow hair. And I don't have any contacts, <laughs> uh, but I did get a, a red coat that I really like that Ooh. looks vaguely like the red coat that he's wearing in the movie, uh, The Shining. Oh. And I watched The Shining to like kind of get myself into character that morning. Ooh. <laughs> and uh, I had a plaid shirt. I had an axe. I had a real axe that I fucking carried around for this whole party. I was the only armed person uh, at the party. And I had my head through like a sort of. Uh, shitty styrofoam kind of uh, fake door segment thing. That was it. But shout out to really great hosts, Rich and Jenny, who I don't think listen, but uh, they put on a great party in their 
party pole barn. They just built a pole barn to throw parties in. Sure. That makes sense, right? Yeah, I mean, if you're going to have a party, that. you got to have a place to throw it, right? That's what people do. They just yeah. build a building to have parties in, in their yard. Hey, he knows amazing. how to build things. Yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, amazing. I told you everybody dressed up, so I'm glad you dressed up at least. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Took it seriously. But it was as advertised, right? Well, it was a Halloween party, yes. Well, yeah, like a hardcore one. Like It's like everybody goes. I saw some of the outfits there. I couldn't even place half of them. Some of them were obvious like Thor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw like people, a giant face thing. I don't even know what it was. I don't know what that dude was. He was like big boy or something, but he was like off brand big boy. I don't know what he was, but it was a big giant, boy did it. There's a guy with a giant head walking around. I don't know. It was oh, like nice little time. face from Dick Tracy? Kind of, yeah. Big head, little face. <laughs> uh, we definitely, uh, me, me and my friend Suzanne, we definitely had a, a good time. It was a good night. It was, and it's, you know, I, I kind of was like, why have a Halloween party on the 15th? But now I'm still like in Halloween mode and I'm a week or so away still. So I actually am like, oh, maybe in the future, I think they're onto something here. It helps get you, you know, extends the the holiday vibe in your life, which I'm all about. Mm. It just doesn't abruptly end. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's still okay. going. Maybe there's another Halloween party in my future. They're pro- maybe probably. Is that not. true? No, yeah. no, it's unlikely. Good friend of the show, Steve. Uh, Steve used to be like a Halloween party guy. We had a couple there. I, I enjoyed those, Steve. If you ever think about bringing those back, Steve, people enjoyed those. <laughs> yeah. I will say that. Uh, Eric, festivities, Halloween festivities in your area? No, but um, I got to tell you, I, I started intermittent fasting. Like the weight has been like falling off. Like I don't eat. I eat like once a day. Like Mike, you were talking yeah. about doing this like earlier. I'm like, what the fuck is he, a dog? And like I started doing it. <laughs> And like, I'm like, I, I thought to myself, like, when I go home after work, like, am I even hungry or am I just like bored and like to cook? And it turns out I was just bored and like to cook. I, I'm, I'm not hungry in the evening. So I stopped <laughs> eating dinner. And that, that's the key to my success. I feel fantastic. You know, uh, I'll tell you this. It, it does work. It absolutely works. I, I'll lock that in. And I'm not somebody just to like push bullshit fads at all. I'm really not. But uh, I've been doing intermittent fasting really for like 20 years. Uh, the problem is. Uh, when I do eat, uh, meaning exorbitant, <laughs> I'll eat once a day. Hey, I'll eat once a day, but I'm eating 4,000 calories. So, you know, that's that's not really the true intermittent fasting way. But I'm happy for you, Eric. That's that's wonderful news, my friend. Well, I, I eat trash for lunch, but, like, that's all I eat. And for some reason, like, waiting, like, another 24 hours is, is it does it. And I can enjoy that trash. Yeah, there's you some eat interesting... that trash. Eat that trash. Eat that trash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa. Oh, 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 yourself. What the fuck? Oh, shit, so give me wet. shit about a plate. Oh, God. Sounded like somebody covered styrofoam and spaghetti and then like ran it, rammed it against each other against a microphone. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Woo. Woo. Uh, you know, there's actually some fascinating primal stuff related to that. Cause, like, you know, <laughs> when people were. Yeah, they had to like forage for food or hunt for food, and they didn't have food readily available twenty four seven. That was, it, it goes back to just, <laughs> who cares? Society. I can't even talk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, have you ever gone to Theater it. Bazaar in Detroit? Matt Wilson says yes, I have. Is that a strip club? Uh uh-uh. uh oh. it's a yearly thing they do. It's awesome, man. It's really cool. It's it's like that party, but it's like ten times more intense and a little bit more radical, if you will. Uh, people yeah. will dress however they want. Uh, you know, you had, I wouldn't be a prude, I guess is what I would say, but it's not like a, 
it, it's like a three, I think it's a three day event or something. Or they only have it on the one weekend of the year of Detroit and they have it at some cool place. That's really awesome. I went there once and it was really, really cool. Saw some amazing people, some people watching his first rate at theater bazaar. Wow. All right. I can't believe neither one of you guys went to that. I feel like one Three of you guys Halloween were... party in Detroit. I don't know. People... It's either like back to back weekends or it's like something like that. I can't remember exactly the timing, but go be around a bunch of people. I don't know. That's not my thing. Yes, sir. I sound like Ed McMahon. I'm just going to cough <laughs> right do. into Ed McMahon. You sound like Ed McMahon, but, if, yeah. but he's been eating barbecue ribs and hasn't swallowed yet. <laughs> Ed McMahon doing a Tom Waits impression in a blender. <laughs> What's up, Randy Emo? <laughs> Who's Randy oh, Emo? I don't know I'm, what that means. I, I'm Randy Emo. I'm trying to remember oh. his. Oh shit! I'm I'm blanking Are on, you? on Aaron's name, but I I sometimes it's a it's a, it was my code name. He oh shit! I forget what he was when he was on the show when he was guest hosting on the show. <laughs> okay, I don't remember that. I wish I'll have to go back and check that episode out. Which, by the way, you won't. Every, no, not me, but everybody else can. If you've oh, never yeah. listened to the they show. Should. Yeah. yeah, if you've never seen it or listened, you can do both through the YouTube or on your preferred podcast platform. Though uh, we were made aware that Steve Laskowski, great friend of the show again, another shout out to Steve, said uh, he wasn't getting his feed updated. I'm not sure why that was. And I've, I've looked into that and I was baffled, but I'll continue to look into that. That's the only problem I've ever heard. Otherwise, uh, people have access to the show universally, folks. It's great. So yeah, let, let us know if you don't. Yes, please talk to us. Five star reviews help the show grow. And it sounds lame. It's like everybody says it in their shows, but it does matter. And if you've liked our show, it's brought you any joy at all. Uh, you know, it's a small token of gratitude that we would be very grateful for. So. Yeah, if you're just skipping through checking out this episode, thank you. Carry on with your life. We appreciate your viewership slash listenership. But if you're a regular listener, you know, click on the like button or following that that helps more than you know. So. The more it out you there. know. All right. So here we are. We're three of us united doing the show as God intended. If he was real, I assume he would intend the three of us to feel so good. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's great. So let's do what we do best. Let's get into our quarantine viewing picks. And I've been quarantining lately, so uh, I'll, I'm going to have some things to say finally. I can't wait <laughs> to share my movies. But Travis, as always, please start it off. You watched movies. I'm excited. I know. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited about it. I've actually been looking forward to it. I'll start with the TV show that I watched. I'm a huge Mike Flanagan fan. Every time he does something, I'm going to be on board. Uh, I'm a huge fan of uh, House on Haunted. What was it House on Haunted Hill? That you did right. Is that what it's called? It's the good Haunting one. of Hill House. Haunting of Hill House. Uh, I always get yeah. it fucked up. Haunting of Hill House is fantastic, uh, and I and I loved Midnight Mass. Oh, I was kind of so so about haunting a blind manor and then i watched uh, the midnight club which i read christopher pike when i was a kid so it was kind of it did have that vibe because it's based on a bunch of his stuff and that was kind of cool but it was very i mean it wasn't like like the haunting of or like blind manor that one it wasn't all him like he gets it started he's a showrunner but he only directs a couple episodes and you can really tell the difference on the stuff that his fingers are all over versus the stuff he just kind of produces and has a part in um, and there's going to be a second season of this, I'm sure, and I'm not going to check it out, but it was worth watching. Other than that, I mentioned I watched The Shining, a little movie called The Shining, of course. Shining. Uh, Shining. I'm kicking myself because last Halloween I had tickets to see it in theaters, like in a movie theater, which I'd never done before, and I hadn't seen it in a long time. And I really, you know, when I watched it on my stupid TV, I was like, oh, 
had a cooler time doing this last year. I think I think I got sick though. Oh. You ever see uh, the stepfather with Terry o- Terry O'Quinn? <laughs> no, I keep seeing that poster. He's looking in the mirror. I keep passing it up. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, it's I, I finally pulled the trigger on the stepfather. It's exactly there's like three of them. Uh, there's at least two. <laughs> I'm not going to bother with any sequels. It wasn't terrible, oh. especially if you like <laughs> Terry O'Quinn. It's, he doesn't oh. have a lot of moments where he gets to be the main character, basically, or at least the he's the villain. But. Uh, yeah, so that was that was okay. <laughs> that, was, that was all right. <laughs> and uh, I, you know, I checked out, of course, the whaling twice. You know, I checked that out last week, and I checked it out again this week because I figured Did I wanted you? to have it fresh in my mind. That's and, a lot uh, of time. That's like five hours, hours minimum. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, it was well worth it. I, I, it, I had the, that third viewing really uh, made a difference in my mind, actually. But uh, Halloween ends. Man, I was a huge defender of Halloween Kills, and uh, I, I really, you know, of course, the the first one of the series of the new trilogy was, everyone pretty much agrees, was great, but Halloween Ends was awful. It was just so bad. It was a two, it was an hour and 50 minute movie, and the last 10, maybe 15 minutes of it were not bad at all, and the rest yeah. of it was fucking terrible. What went Hated wrong? It. I mean, I know, I know, like the secret plot, but like, how? how? Well, I mean, it's like when you go to watch. I'm trying to think. I mean, I'm trying to think of some parallels or some some similar examples because there is plenty where you get like the bait and switch where you think you're going to watch a movie about someone and then you're watching this movie or this show and you're like, why am I following this person? Why is it? Where is the person that is supposed to be here or the people? What's the deal? (laughs) What's the deal with airline peanuts? And thank you to whoever clicked like on this video. We appreciate that. Uh, yeah. So those are the, those. I, I, yeah. Nothing really stuck out. I mean, The Shining. I guess that was the best thing shining. I watched this week. Shining. 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 Or reference. Salisbury Hill. Oh. By the way, Aaron Worley says Travis and I were discussing X, and I mentioned Mia Goth. Travis says something like, okay, well, then I'm Randy Emo. That's not a real name. It's true. And uh, hence, Randy Emo. Randy. There we go. <laughs> wow. Randy's such a porn star name, though. I, I would have gone with, like, uh, I don't know, like, uh, what's an Emo first name? Well, uh, do you know what X is? I mean, they are, Raven. like, they're playing porn stars. So that was Oh, I've seen it. Ni- it's based in, like, 1979, and they're, like, shooting... Yeah, I've yeah, heard about. I read yeah, the premise. Yeah. I well, actually saw the trailer. Like the, yeah, we've talked about it like the last four episodes. I think. Oh, really? Oh, by <laughs> the way, up, speak, come speaking up. of last episodes, we should thank Luke uh, Horlbeck for subbing in last week. Absolutely. Yes. In, yeah, in a pinch, a he was very nice of him to pick a movie, which was Ten Cloverfield Lane. Last minute. Last minute, and mm-hmm. you guys pulled it off. You did it. You, you and him. How did you do it, Travis? Well, Luke and I are both loquacious as fuck. You just uh, <laughs> just poke us, and we'll both just start regurgitating bullshit uh, <laughs> in, until the other one interrupts, basically. So, uh, not hard then. It wasn't difficult at all. We could have probably gone on a, another few hours. <laughs> the challenge, yeah. If this is a Nintendo Power challenge factor, was minimal. It was a one. <laughs> also, uh, Matt Wilson says, "Did anybody watch Old People on Netflix? Mixed reviews." Anybody? I heard about that. Uh, yeah, I heard about that, but I don't know. What's your guys' must-watch Halloween film to get you in the Halloween spirit? That's a great question, I think. Oh, that's a great question. That is really good. I, I already watched mine. 
It was the Monster Squad. Oh. oh. Yeah. Yeah, it gives me right in the oh. spirit, you know? It's got childhood kind of, but still spooky enough going on. I love I love Monster Squad. That's not Monsters, Inc., though. No, no, no. That's that's Ooh. not Monsters, Inc., Mike. Very astute. Okay. <laughs> well, actually, so in a couple of weeks, we're going to have uh, Derek back on from the show Pop Goes Your World. He's been on once before. He did the Galaxy Quest episode, right? He did. And uh, Eric was not on for that, so hopefully we'll all be on for that one. But he was. they were doing their top five all-time movie monsters and I just mixed up what you said when you said Monster Squad. He picked one of the monsters from Monsters, Inc. It was like number two. John Goodman's monster? Is that something? What? Their favorite <laughs> monsters in film history. That's his favorite. Oh, if, you know, I don't probably. know. You, you, take, you took a mental leap that uh, I didn't know. That, monsters. The tracks. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm aware. Monsters. I'm aware of monsters. Anyway, monsters. so I, those are the okay. movies I watched. <laughs> so, so you, so Monster Squad gets you in the mood for. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, Halloween. yeah. What about Squad. you, Eric? I know Eric, you gotta have a go-to. I think my go-to is like it's not my favorite, but Nightmare on Elm Street always kind of gets me in the mood because the atmosphere is just so Octobery, and like I love like the old school soundtrack, and it's just a lot of fun. Um, it's funny you mentioned Monsters, Monsters Inc. Because I. I finally got around to watching Monsters University. Like, I've never cared for Monsters, Inc. I just have never cared for it. Mm-hmm. But I loved Monsters University. Uh, yeah, I loved it. It's it, it's climbing up my list of Pixar uh, favorites. Uh, I just Baffling. thought it was a lot of fun. It was like a Baffling. really fun, like, college movie, but with, like, the monsters and stuff. You didn't like you didn't the like original, it? and you really liked Monsters University. Yeah. I'm that's, that's, I, I love Charlie Day's character, the Arch guy. I loved him, but that was the only thing I liked about the... The second wow. one, because it, it well, also it didn't make any fucking sense that they, I mean, like it completely, <laughs> um, dis, like it did cr- chronologically speaking, like it didn't, like they they talked about how they met in Monsters Inc. and then they're showing them together in a prequel and when they're in college doesn't make any sense. You already established the fact that you hadn't that they didn't know each other then. I'm, I'm dream, a stickler for fine man. details. And yeah, it's all a big dream sequence. Read the book. You read the novel? <laughs> yes, I, t- I take my Pixar very seriously, damn it. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I also finally got around to watching fucking Ghostbusters Afterlife. Like, it, 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 enough was uh, enough. I'm do like, that. what am I, I doing? I'm like, how could I not have seen this? I, I've heard I've heard everything about it, so I turn the damn thing on. Uh, <laughs> I dug it. I dug it, man. Like... Like the first half, like the first hour, I think I was like really liking what I was seeing. I like the setup. I was okay with just about everything that was going on. And then the rest of it was like, what, why, who, like who okayed this in like the script room? I would have been the first guy that's like, uh, we're not, do- no, 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 we're not doing it again. It's been done. That song has already been sang. Why do you want to do this again? There should have been a new threat period if there would have been a new threat like completely new monsters new mythology i would have been like this is a fucking winner uh but i just hit every time that stuff was rehashed on the screen i was like why it's yeah. this was done already so much better i was just big, bored uh, big force I, waken vibes oh god Jesus. i gotta press play on it still i still gotta press play i just can't bring myself yep. press play for some reason i couldn't either what i did and they, they, i don't know they didn't stick the landing um Hellraiser 2. I was talking about how much I was kind of not blown away, but really surprised at how much I liked fucking Hellraiser. My whole life, I was like, who the fuck's Pinhead? I finally watched Hellraiser. I was like, man, this is fucking scary. Uh, So I watched Hellbound, Hellraiser 2. Awful. Awful. 
Like, whereas the first one was like gross and creepy, this one is just like gross and dumb. Like, and it came out like a year later. You can tell they just shat it out, like put more weird stuff on the screen. Can't <laughs> recommend it, man. Um, Black Christmas, 1974. It's on Tubi. If you haven't man. seen it, it's fucking so awesome. Okay. It's been on my list for so long. It's it's horror history. Oh, I have Dude. no excuse. I need to watch it. No yeah, excuse. this and maybe Peeping Tom. These are the first slasher movies ever. So mm. if you haven't checked in, get there on Tubi. It's fucking fantastic. Margot Kidder, Olivia Hussey. Uh, yeah, I loved it. Still, Bob Clark, of all people, directs. Right? Of all people. Yep, of all people. And he does you heard about this uh, Christmas Story sequel that's coming. Right? <laughs> I could not believe my eyes when I saw that <laughs> teaser trailer. Grown fucking, what's his? What's Grown, his Ralphie. Grown Ralphie. Grown Ralphie. They're back. doing Grown Ralphie? I forget yeah, his real Peter name. Peter Billingsley is back yeah, Peter, as Ralphie. Yeah. He's returned. Well, he's yeah. been acting in Marvel stuff for a while, but yeah, not well, he's been, small, small roles. Yeah, he's big. Yeah, he's been doing big time behind the scenes work. Yeah, he's back as Ralphie. They're going back yeah. to the house for another Christmas. It's like, what? What, what the fuck is it. this? I'm gonna watch it. I gotta watch of it. Of course, yeah. they're yeah. all coming back. And like all the little I'll kids are coming back almost. Yeah, wow. the, the whole yeah. cast. Yeah. Rest in peace, Bob Clark. Fucking drunk driver took him out in 07, ah. I think. Him and his son. So rest in oh, peace, shit. man. He was a fun director. Yeah, he was. Um, oh, yeah, wait, wait. Uh, Matt wants to know if Flick makes a cameo. I, From what I hear, the whole cast is back. Uh, okay, there you go, Darren McGavin excluded, but even yeah. Melinda Dillon, I think, is back. Um, <laughs> okay, two found footage horror movies that I revisited, all right? Okay. Uh, Grave Encounters. Grave Encounters, still a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Uh, smartly written and just, just, just fun. And then... Oh, man, I almost brought this, this to the show, but it wasn't quite there. And I didn't want to bring Mike down again because I knew he would not have a good time. Hell House LLC, man. So good. Uh, it's it, it might be my favorite found footage movie. It's so fucking awesome. It's straight up scary. And it offers like like uh, like a, maybe a dozen great scares. And for a found footage movie, you'll maybe get one or two. But it, it, it just one after the other after the other, smartly written, super well acted for like a found footage movie. You usually expect like these like terrible, like like sketch comic actors that show up on this. Great acting, yeah. great thrills. Loved it. It's so fucking good. Not enough people are talking about this movie. Well, I don't want to over pitch it, but someone asked me a couple <laughs> days ago, they're like, what's the scariest movie? You could, <clears throat> what's the scariest movie you've ever seen? And I'm like, well, I don't know if it's, a, if it's the scariest movie I've ever seen, but the first one that came to my mind was L, it was Hell House, Hell House LLC. Yeah, it's awesome. It's fucking mm. awesome. Loved it. And that's it for me, man. Mike, I'm excited. What do you got? Oh, boy. Well, get ready. You got to settle in here because, you know, Big six tech. days on a couch, man. Six days on a couch just endlessly pounding movies uh, bring it bring right, it so here we're, all right so uh if i'll start with the tv show i, I watched dope sick which is fantastic mm. and you know someone myself who got hooked on opioids i just gobbled that thing out man it was just it was really well done first it's michael keaton who's always great and then all the points they hit on and yeah they bounce around in time a lot if you get annoyed by the constant changing of the year like every scene which it <laughs> it does uh Yikes. that might bother you but for me, I I was engrossed in it, and it's also the you know it's an earlier story. I mean, the first actual shutdown or not shutdown, but slap on the wrist, I guess, of Purdue Farmer was in the two thousands. They paid hundreds of millions of dollars. They were they had a case, and it was all lined up. This says two thousand six, so they just kept on doing what they did for another eight, nine, ten years, and then other companies followed suit. And it's just 
Rosario Dawson is outstanding. She's really, really as a strong-headed, hardcore DA agent. It's good to see her in that role, dominant. So her and uh, and that guy. That I wish I knew his name. I could look up his name, but it's that face. That guy who's like he plays one of the Appalachian fathers of the daughters who's hooked on pills, and he's like. You've seen him in a bunch of movies, but I just don't know his name. And usually I'm pretty good with character actors, but it's that guy's face. Uh, if, <laughs> if you look, someone looks it up, you might, yeah, I don't even know who it is, but I know that guy. He was good. So uh, I finally, I, I finally watched Thor Love and Thunder, Travis. Oh, yeah? So, so man, this movie's been shit on pretty hard, I feel like, uh, in terms of not just like, not just like uh, shitty asshole bombing ratings. Like we, we, I just dismiss that type of stuff, but actual thought out commentary of this one in particular, I'm curious what you have to say about this, that Watiti's taking on too much right now. And he maybe was a little distracted and not quite locked in on this project and maybe relied on some of the tropes of Ragnarok that uh, weren't even done as well in this movie. What what do you think of some of that? Well, something that I find interesting is the news that supposedly there's like a whole movie's worth of shit that that got filmed that never made it into the film oh like there's i believe that that there's like that there's potentially like a four-hour cut or some shit like that but that and that he has said like this there's not going to be a director's cut this is it and and that to me suggests that he may have not been as together with the script as he had been for Ragnarok and was just kind of shooting and making stuff up as he went along and then putting it together, cobbling it together afterwards in post. And I think that there was, well, the injection of now, both of these movies were intended to be comedies. Like that was the yeah. intent. You know, that was what the plan all along, but the first one had a lot more action uh, going on. It kind of kept with state. It stayed grounded in the superhero genre, whereas I liked love and thunder and it certainly had action, but it, you know, it, it, it didn't have, I don't think quite enough. And I think a lot of more cord. Yeah. A lot more cord. I'm okay with that. I like Korg a lot. And I love Korg. And yeah. they've established in other movies that the two of them are like, hanging out all the time so yeah. it actually made sense to have more korg so if you're one of the people that always were anti-korg then you're gonna have a problem with that but i like korg from the get i like korg too I, I just saw people were saying uh he's narrating the movie and taking over too much of like just too much screen time for korg of his wandering rambles and i don't i like korg but i guess too much of any character that i love could be a possibility i suppose it's just all about balance within the overall story uh you know seeing russell crowe show up that was cool i, I really didn't I had seen pictures of him online in that outfit after the fact. I had a no, I didn't I was like, what movie is that from? I have not been keeping up on Russell Crowe movies lately. And then when I saw him on screen, <laughs> wow. I realized who he was Unhinged. and what was. Yeah. Mm, uh, Unhinged. Unhinged. <laughs> that was a good one. Love Unhinged. That was a good one. How did you know why that's so awesome. funny? I know. I don't either. I, 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 just thinking about his face and like, he just seems so unhealthy for some reason. I don't know. It just seems like a guy who lost his fucking mind. He really went to the party. Well, that's I guess, that's so. what he's playing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Unhinged. Okay, yeah. Uh, by the way, if someone wants to write this down, Matt's like, could you guys possibly post a list of your scariest Halloween movies? Because I'm losing track. So maybe on Facebook or something later on, maybe you guys are into that shit or on Instagram. By the way, we're on all those social medias. Uh, Real quick, is and, the face Peter Sarsgaard? No, not. Oh, I know Peter Sarsgaard. No, it's is not it P- uh, Will Poulter? That face? Will Poulter? Yeah. Like the eyebrows? It, yeah, that guy. Is it, is it that guy? Is he like the yeah. country bumpkin kind of guy? A country bumpkin, weird eyebrows. He's like, you can't yeah. tell if he's like 20 or like 40. 
Oh man, I, I'm gonna have to double check on this. Uh, anyway, I, I'm gonna research that after the fact. But yeah, All keep right. digging. Okay. So Thor: Love and Thunder. Bottom line is like, okay, whatever. It. it I don't know. We're. I don't want to fall into like typical MCU talking points that are happening right now. It's just. I don't know. I don't know. You know, the MCU did something that changed film forever, which is really cool. But it's also something I don't. I mean. Travis is a big fan, and I, I, I respect that. And I, I like, I love, I love that stuff. I've seen all the movies. I'm into that stuff. I, I wouldn't call myself maybe on the level of you just because you have a deeper background on it. You don't have That'd to be compare. The You're right. We don't have to compare. That's a good point. <laughs> the bottom line is this: that don't label us. I won't. There's also we talked about this on the Van Lee episode, Eric, about you know the Disneyfications in there, and like they'll just they're. The one thing about the MCU is that like they're just pushing shit out, and people think it's like high art, and it's not always high art. And I'm gonna call it when it's not. So, and and I don't think you you would nobody disagrees with that on this show. But sure, no, Love and Thunder is not high art. <laughs> I, yeah, I no don't have a horse. Argue that I don't have a horse in the race, but I've heard that he just didn't want to do another sequel. He said, "Let me leave it at that. I hit it out of the park." But they kind of pushed him into it. So he was just like, "Well, I'm just gonna write whatever the fuck I want to. People might not like it, and that's that." Well, something wasn't right, so I'd buy that or something else because something didn't quite pan out with that movie. And yeah, yeah, uh, that's all I have to say about that. I suppose uh, I uh, started watching. I've never watched the show. People always talk about it. How I Met Your Mother. I actually started watching that show, and huh. pretty funny. Like usually those CBS shows are shit trash sitcoms, but that has like you got Doogie and you got Jason Segel <laughs> and Allison Hannigan, and like oh these people are actually funny and. Yeah. It's real, and Bob Saget's a narrator, so there's people, talented people there, and it's like pretty, it's pretty uh, racy for a sitcom. I'll say that. So it wasn't bad. Uh, I didn't, I didn't watch a lot of it. Oh. I watched like five episodes. I had never seen Black Hawk Down. I finally watched Black Hawk oh, Down. Shit. And dude, how many people are in that movie now? When you go Everybody, back and look, everyone, at, everyone, everyone <laughs> there's so many everyone. fucking. Jamie Lannister's in that movie even. It's like, Jesus Christ, man. Oh. Everybody's in that film. It's just yeah. a monstrous... What an undertaking. I, I got well, a lot of respect for that film. As someone who'd heard a lot about it, and Ridley Scott could be a bloated carcass sometimes with his films, <laughs> but but like it, that's a... That was really good. I never seen it, and I was impressed by it today, and I'm not like a military guy at all, but that was just like a, a quite an impressive scape mm. to see. It really was. Nicolas uh, Coster Valdau. There you go. Look at you. Look at you. See, yeah. I'm just going to call him Jamie Lannister, but yeah, that's He's great. He's a real name. Uh, he does have a real name. Yes. He's done other things, believe it or not. True. He's good. James I like Ross. him. Uh, I never actually watched this. I watched Gone with the Wind. I never sat down and actually wow. watched Gone with the Wind. What'd you think? Uh, you know, uh, yeah. I actually never fast forward, believe it or not. <laughs> wow. Whole, I know. But that's only because I was so tired. I didn't care to move. Um, but it was like, I definitely was playing a video game while I was watching that four hour, uh, <laughs> it, really? it's just, a. it's cool that there's movies that old, even if they've got things that are just like, oh, this is awful. But like, <laughs> yeah. it's cause it shows you the time it does, whether in it, that it just shows you a, a moment in history, whether it's legit or shitty or totally bigoted or whatever it is, it captures what was happening at least to a certain extent on film. And I, as a historic in a historical kind of guy, I think that's really cool. So, for sure, uh, it's yeah, I watch that hell. once a year. I watch it at least you do. once a year. I once love going to win. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a big it's, 
it's very again it's a big scape it's an epic i mean it is an epic it's like the definition of early epics right so yeah uh, kind of there's there's some pretty neat shots and i'll give credit to the movie for that but there's like so much bullshit in between and just like and some terribly uh unkind uh, uh portrayals of certain black characters that are just totally bogus i mean they're like clearly racist uh although uh in other ones they were trying i don't know what the, what the what was her name uh one that Heidi played McDaniel. yes thank you she won the academy award right is that true indeed, indeed. she did and that that was like I don't know what to make of that character because she is like a hardcore, she's in charge. Like she's running shit even though she's like a slave, which is fucking bizarre. And so I, the fact that you see that from the movie in that time, you've seen this movie every year, so you can comment better than I could. I I just thought it was peculiar. It was, it was, it left me kind of like befuddled. I was just kind of befuddled seeing it. Well, the house slave is always a really problematic character in fiction, especially. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh, yes. No. Absolutely. That, that's a good point. So you said it better than I could. Anyways, Call of the Wind. I saw it. I'll never watch it again. I'm very confident I won't. But, you know, I'll see it once. Why not? Uh, it's probably overrated. Uh, I've never seen Source Code. I watched Source Code. Source Code. Bo- okay. Dude, Source Code was like, to me, was before Edge of Tomorrow. I mean, Source Code was oh. before Edge of Tomorrow. Three years before it. Am I missing something here? It seems like to me like they came around the same time. I fucking love Edge of Tomorrow, but Source Code, Mike? Come on. I've never seen it. I can't judge. Am I calling Edge of Tomorrow the right name now? Did they change the name? I feel uh, like... Live, Die, Repeat, you mean? Yes, yes. <laughs> live, Die, Repeat. Yes, thank no, you. It's, it's yeah. Edge of Tomorrow. Let's... Okay, good. I want to make sure. I... Something felt like I was off about that, but Source Code came out 2011. Edge of Tomorrow came out 2014, so I'm just okay. saying what they're doing in Source Code, it may be like semantically different it's like a military operation oh that sounds similar actually oh wait no there's so i'm just i'm just saying it's actually pretty good i thought it was solid it's got a vera farmiga and jeffrey wright which uh i love seeing jeffrey wright all the time so uh good good movie rock solid rock solid edge of tomorrow is based on an incredible graphic novel called all you need is kill and that is like at least 15 years old okay that's true all right well uh then all right well shit shit on me Shit on, Shit on me! Shit on uh, me! Uh, I went back and uh, I hadn't seen this since, and maybe I should have saved it for the show. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I will save it for the show. No, I watched All it. All right. Or, If I talk about it, then I won't be able to bring it to the show. So Just, just put it in your head. Yeah, okay, yeah, I put it in my in head. Your head. Uh, actually, two of those put in my head. Three of those? Shit. Okay, can't do that. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, I went back and watched a TV show that I love, and I, I don't think people talk about it enough, or maybe I'm just not in the proper message areas or chat boards. Chat boards? Uh, I watched Spaced. Spaced is one of my favorite TV shows. Hearing the original, like 1.0. <laughs> yeah, we're not proper Yahoo chat rooms. Healthy uh, Choice chat. <laughs> Netscape chats. Uh, I Yeah, I watched Spaced. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. Every time I put it on. I, I I think I've said this to you before, and I can't. I really implore you if you could find this to watch it because it's oh. Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, and Nick Frost. The they're before. Oh yeah, okay. it's their show they did before they did Shaun of the Dead. Basically, that yeah. is just it's just so. If you love Edgar Wright, you love Simon Pegg, and then you're gonna love the show. It's two seasons. It's all it is, and there's only 14 episodes. But they're just. They're perfect, man. They're so great. I'd be shocked if you watch that show and be like, well, that was not very good. I really would. But um, 
strong recommend on that. Well, and you did say you implore. That feels, you know, I do intense. I, like, I, I would love, yeah, I would love like just for you to see it regardless and let me know it and get your feedback on it and Im- find imploring. out. Imploring. That feels like you're, that's like that should be saved for like my my child is starving to death. I I implore <laughs> that you give me alms. Well, not going to be any kids here, so I'm just going to have to implore you about movies and television. Unfortunately, <laughs> oh, that's just right. how it's going to be. I prefer uh, there's not starving children. But since I I never watched Shaun of the Dead because I hate zombie movies, so I watched Shaun of the Dead and I loved it. I loved great. it. I thought it was fantastic, man. It's great. I, I was just minimizing an opportunity based on a technicality of something I thought I didn't like, but it's, yeah, it's a zombie movie, but it was, it's nothing like zombie movies. It's oh, yeah. funny. It's a comedy, right? It I is mean, indeed. It's yeah, hilarious. Sure. You would, you would call it a comedy. Oh yes. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Okay, good. Yeah. I loved it. I had a blast. It was funny as hell. I, I just love when those guys do something, I, everything they do. I think I'm just a big fan of, and uh, I love watching Edgar Wright movies and Nick Simon Pegg is a treat. And Nick Frost is always funny. And, Shot of the Dead. If you went and skipped it because you thought you didn't like zombie shit, please go back and watch that. It's a good call. It's a good call. And then I'll leave it. Oh, a last one because I finally went and watched this, and I'm never going to bring this one to the show. I finally sat down and finished and watched Tenet. I, I went through the whole thing. I did not stop it. I, I made it through. Because first time I watched it, I turned it off after about 25 minutes. I'm like, I'm just not in the mood for this shit. But this time I was able to trudge through Tenet, which... Is apparently have to be watched five times to really get. <laughs> and is that a good movie? If you have to watch it five times to really get it, um, I don't know. Me and uh, a friend of the show, Chad Gibbons, a defunct podcast, the best film podcast with Chad and Travis. Uh, we, hey, Chad. We, we have a long lost episode. We recorded an episode of Tenet, and then it never got aired because it never got oh. uh, never got properly whatever it. I guess, and. Uh, but my, my point is just that I, I thought I was okay. I think I liked it better after spending like two hours with Chad where he explained to me everything what oh, the fuck yeah, was going on. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I didn't get that. Oh, oh, well, that's kind of cool. <laughs> no, that's what it is. You start saying that's kind of cool if you figure it out. But the point of... Is that what I want to do with a movie, I guess? Is a movie... A movie can have its life of its own, as we know. I mean, we celebrate movies here. That's well, what we're doing here. That, that gets me in, a little prematurely, but to the wailing, and that on my first viewing, I had a very positive feeling. And then I... But I also had, felt like there was a lot to unpack there. And um, to, to you know, if you can if you can enjoy it the, on the first viewing and feel like there's stuff to unpack, I think that that's what you're aiming for. Absolutely. And now that's a f- perfect segue to get in the way. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Let's let's mm-hmm. ride a, yep. ride into that uh, beast of a movie <laughs> called The Wailing from 2016. And this, this, well, f- this is my pick. And before you start complaining about the time length, I told you well, I tried to tell you on the show, but you weren't there on the show when I announced it. But I did say it was long. I texted you and told you the length. I got that text. All yeah. right. I said I it was a South well. Korean horror, so it was a South Korean horror movie, and why you mm-hmm. would have thought that I would send you to a movie that did not have, have subtitles, like I thought you, like I expect you to learn Korean to watch this movie. I don't know <laughs> what you thought I was doing to you there. There were some uh, very well, angry yeah, texts. That. <laughs> yeah, that was just a yeah, that was a mistake on my part. I had to upload a subtitle file. I figured it out. So okay, it wasn't okay. easy. Oh, by the way, uh, happy anniversary, Eric Branchum. How about that? Yeah. Thank, you yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. It is that day. Wow, here we are. 
Congratulations, you guys. Awesome. Yeah. 14 years. Our first date was Match Point, the, the great Woody Allen film. <gasps> Never caught that one. I like Match Point. Not a con- oh well, Woody Allen controversial. The film solid. <laughs> hey, we talked about that in the crossover episode. Yeah, we let's, did. Let's check it out. We yeah, we talked about the art versus the artist. So if you're into that we stuff, did. go check out that episode. But, all right, let's do the whaling. I I'm not going to complain. All right, okay. I mean, well, it was two hours. And th- yeah, it's two hours minutes. It's true. I'm just saying, it's two hours and three five minutes. That's all. It's whaling 2016. It's a it's a horror movie. It is. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. Horror drama, always, comedy. Horror drama, comedy. Horror, horror, horror dramedy? dramedy. It's a horror comedy dramedy. Folk horror dramedy. Yeah, <laughs> supernatural thriller. I would. I would say that. So, a uh, lot going on in this movie. Tons to talk about. Uh, boy, I don't even. Know, but we'll start. Travis, you picked this film. So, can you take us back to the first viewing of The Wailing? It must have stuck with you. It did. Uh, it came out in 2016. I did not watch it then. I watched it. I want to say. Last year, 2020, maybe late 2019, I'm not sure. I talked about it on the show. But it had just kind of, you know, word of mouth. It was one of those things. I just heard it talked about on maybe some other podcasts or something, or people had on social media. It just, you know, it's, it get your, you know, I got my fingers in those horror pies and, uh, you know, occasionally pick up on some stuff. So it, it ended up on my radar somehow. And I watched it and I honestly was blown away. I was absolutely blown away and I, and I had hadn't watched it since and I was wanting to rewatch it. And then I was like, well, I think this might be one for the show. Why not? I feel like we haven't done enough international films and uh, it's, I think uh, a big horror movie that I would, I'm trying to cajole people into seeing I think a little bit. So I thought it'd be a good pick for the show, even if a lot of people have just tuned out at this point because they didn't watch the actual movie. Hey, no, good on you. I'm glad you chose this movie, no matter how it turns out. This was uh, definitely something to take us in a direction we needed to go. So I'll right. give you kudos on that one. Cool. How about you, Eric? Because uh, Travis wanted to discuss this one with you. I assume you've seen this before. Yeah, I saw this when it came out, man. I was on the South Korean horror kick, so I did the host, and I saw the devil and bedeviled, which you no never ever see a movie called bedeviled. Okay, it's too, it's too much. It's too much. Uh, and gobbly um, gook, googly wailing, and the wailing, man. And uh, yeah, uh, it, it's a movie. After I watched it the first time, I'm going to be honest with you. I kind of it's one of those I just didn't think I would ever revisit because it was such a Oh man, it was just such an experience. Like uh, the Revenant, it's, it's very overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that's that's that. I enjoyed it, but I was like, it was awashed a with emotion after it, and I was like, wow, that was exhausting, but good. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I, I watched it like I remember I watched it like on a Sunday or a Saturday morning mm-hmm. kind of thing, and I did I had a mm-hmm. feel a similar feeling where I was kind of like, oh, whoa. Yeah. Now I got to start my day. Fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah, I definitely never saw this one before. This was a new one for me. All right, I win. By... I win that bet I made with myself. <laughs> yes, uh, written and directed by Na Hong Jin, and I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm sure this person's done other work that is popular in this realm. I mentioned right? the Chaser that um, that I watched a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago. That was a movie that he did in I think 2009. That was a big hit for him before this. Ah, okay. Uh, yeah, so I haven't looked up the score on this one, and I'm excited to try to guess the score on IMDb for The Wailing. I assume it's 
you know, it's a it's a long one. It's epic. Uh, it looks like it's a big deal for some reason. I'm going to say it's in the sevens, so probably like a seven three. Yeah, I think it's probably in at least a set. I'm going to say seven five. Mm-hmm. I'll meet you guys in the middle of seven four. Hey, all right. And its popularity is rising. It's in the top two thousand right now on wow. IMDb. So it's also that time of year. So maybe uh, that's yeah. part of it. But yeah, seven point four. That's a only a little bit lighter because I guess it is an international movie. Sixty nine thousand ratings. That's a little lighter, but. Hopefully, bump those up. I mean, people should at least, yeah. if you're in, if there's horror, I mean, America loves horror movies and this kind of shit. So they should be watching this movie <laughs> at the very least because all you people are out there, right? They, there are people out there that watch movies that are in the horror genre. <laughs> no shit there. They're like a fucking cult. They're everywhere, man. It's not even a cult. It's mainstream. It's so right mainstream. So. <laughs> yeah, well, you two. Yeah, two out of three. See, two out of three people are horror movie fanatics. That's true. I, I think that's a safe play. Uh, over on Rotten Facts. Tomatoes, which is a place where we check out reviews on The Wailing, 99%. I mean, Ooh, is that, that's 99 for the critics. Shit. Come on, well, I, man. I, actually, I think I remember that reminds me how I think I came across this. I think that's how I came across it. I think I was looking up like the highest reviewed horror movie that exists. Because I remember I also watched like this Indian horror movie around the same time. I'm like, how was that ranked higher than The Shining? <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's actually what, was, what it was. I think I saw that 99 you know, rating. I'm like, well, fuck it. That's got to be at least worth catching. Yeah. Absolutely. 99 and 82 from the audience. So they're they're definitely right there, higher than the IDB score. Over on the critical front, some of the reviews. Uh, Alexandra Heller-Nicholas from The Blue Lenses says, sure. uh, this is a newer movie, so we're probably not going to get Roger Ebert on this one, guys. Just no. Like, uh, yeah. no uh, the Wailings is a The Wailings is a world... Yeah, that, that's what it says. The Wailings with an apostrophe. So The Wailings... Oh, okay. The Wailings is a world where histories, identities, cultures, realities, and generic genetic codes? It says generic. It says generic. I'm just saying. Probably genetic codes. And conventions collapse in spectacular, unforgettable style. Very, very approving, apparently. So, from that woman. Uh, Oh, Tom? uh, Tim Huddleston? Tim? Tom Hiddleston? (laughs) This is guy. Huddleston. It's Tom Huddleston from Time Out. Tom Huddleston, not oh, not what's Tom his name? Hiddles, not Tom yeah. Hiddleston. <laughs> yeah, Tom Huddleston. That's, Tom. <laughs> Does is there Tom. a picture? Is there a picture? Yeah, attached? it's, the, the it's not guy? him. It's uh, not. It's not Loki. Loki. I'm pretty sure it's not Loki. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Tom Huddleston of Time Out magazine says a stupendously entertaining movie crammed with delights. That's an <laughs> odd review for this movie. That's I feel like very odd. Crammed with delights. Crammed with delights. <laughs> hey, uh-huh. everybody's crammed with delights. <laughs> Take your like grandmother. treats. Yeah. Just, have, just having a great time watching this grim as fuck movie. Put on a buffet <laughs> of tasty treats and enjoy these delights. But you know what? <laughs> I mean, this movie's fucking funny. I mean, there is. I mean, this there's movie, jokes. There's, there's jokes. some really funny moments in this movie. Hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. Glenn Kenny from the New York Times says, The wailing is the hard stuff. Handle with care. Thanks, Glenn. <laughs> yeah, it's not, for the, not for the faint of heart, maybe. Hey, I mean. Bill Goodycoots. All right. Yes. Hey, Bill. Bring it. Oh, Bill. Whoa. So glad we could get one of our uh, favorite critics on today's yeah. show. Mm-hmm. It's an unforgiving film. One whose story you may question when it's over, but you won't forget it. 
Yeah, that's true. I think you nailed it right there, man. I think you did. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's that's yeah. why I was happy with that second viewing mm-hmm. within a week. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I bet there's a lot. If I watch this movie again, I'd be like, oh, okay. And it would, yeah, yeah it's, it starts. To I mean, happen. yeah. First viewing of the whaling, it's, it's just going to overwhelm you. You should accept it, but not like in a, yeah. a tenant way, not a tenant way at all. Okay. More just in like, wow, there's, there's just a lot to absorb. Like you'll understand it, but you'll and probably you want see to. things. Yeah. I like yeah. tenant where I didn't care what, what happened. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to I go know. back and figure out this, like what was happening. I think well, I had a 20 minute conversation with Leanne while the movie was playing, while tenant was playing, I was turned away. We talked for 20 minutes and I came back. I was like, oh, okay. Anyway, I feel like if I turned the subtitles off in the whaling, I'd still understand what they're saying more than the ten, than tenant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, the audio is so, yeah, I know they did a lot of the audio on tenant intentionally cheating right, like that, but right. yes. You're absolutely right about that. Good call. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the whaling. Wow. Uh, where do we start with this thing? I mean, to me, this is, you got, it's, it Luke really 34. is. A, oh, yeah. It starts with Bible verses. That's yeah. fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it does. I guess I don't know how important the, uh, I know in the movie. So huh? you've got right. the Christ. Spoilers factor. of glory now, right? Yeah. 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 Here come the spoilers. But you've got the uh, nephew who's a, a deacon in training. So they've got mm-hmm. the Christ angle, but they've also right. got the shaman angle. So you got a lot of schools of spirituality coming together to try to deal with the problem that starts to brew in this village. <laughs> yeah, you do. And then you have the stranger is a Japanese man, which is. Yeah, you know, that's loaded as fuck, um, yep. given the, the colonial history of Japan with with, right. with everything that they put Korea through. Uh, and so you're watching the movie and you're and you're watching the movie from a modern lens. And you're like, well, I don't want to I don't want to think too. I don't want to just jump on board with the, with the pitchforks and be against the Japanese guy. And they're using they're, they're using like a Japanese slur through it. And, yep. and, the, and, the, and so there's that whole element in it, too, which makes it so. um awkward <laughs> and also but you just like so loaded and there's so much there's so much history and religion and and culture thrust together in this movie it is overwhelming yeah it really is um and and that's why you need a a, a length of the of this girth because the way the story unravels impressed me probably the most out of anything else in the picture it just unfolds delicately and you got to be patient but the uh, the setup like the first hour we're introduced to this <laughs> fucking bumbling keystone yeah. top detective <laughs> but we get a great arc out of it man we've got a, a father who you know barely acknowledges his own daughter he puts his job first and he's oblivious to this world around him and he's not seeing men from spirits even before like the haunting kind of takes over the the village he's just not seeing things as they really are in his own environment and i think that's what that bible verse speaks to the most which is we're constantly questioning what we see and we need proof in in everything fate notwithstanding well one thing i love about this movie is just getting the fuck out of america you know it's like oh look at this there's other parts of the world and i get to like it takes you in there we're not in like some big city where it's like yeah. a monolith yeah we're yeah. in this village in yeah. a in a real it seems it's it really it brings yeah. like a reality factor is, well, for me real. i know it is real that's what i'm saying <laughs> but like but it's like it seems to me for as minimal i know about korean culture which i i don't know a lot i admit sure. that freely uh but it but it gave me this like sense of like oh wow okay uh 
this is what it's like to live in a village and this is what it's like mm -hmm. to be the day to day. And they, they really, when you're talking about that pacing and setting it up, Eric, I think that's important, especially if they, it's pretty obvious they wanted to show this to the world. So other people need to maybe see what it's like to live in this village and understand the dynamics of it as well. You know, uh, I guess Nahang Jin didn't grow up in Goksung, which is translates into the Wailing, which is the town, you know, the village that it takes place mm -hmm. in. But he he spent a lot of time there as a kid and thought it was really beautiful and thought it would just be both a, 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 a beautiful place to shoot. And it's got a cool name, I guess. Yeah. But one of the things, I mean, one of the delights to, to quote was it, was it whoever it was. Is yeah. is the shots of nature in this movie that there's yeah. so many just Gorgeous. gorgeously shot uh, images of nature, which which isn't an accident. I think that this movie does such a interesting job of juxtaposing the you know the nature based Korean shamanic like folk traditions in both saying that there's some truth to that and some bullshit to that. And then the same thing with Christianity, with the, the, the religion of the colonizer, there's some truth to that and there's some bullshit with that. And like, like the deacon, Isam, is pretty, you know, mm -hmm. into that. And then we're even shown a devil suggesting that, you know, the, the whole Christian, Christian cosmos is real. But on the other hand, when, when uh, Jean Gook goes to uh, actually speak to like an elder Christian priest, that guy's like, well, you know, I don't know. Well, who knows? Good <laughs> yeah, doctors, let the hospital though. take care of it. Yeah. Right, right, yeah, right. Exactly. So, so there's, I, I really like <laughs> that the movie doesn't really come down either way and being like the old ways are right or like the colonizer way is right mm -hmm. or, or the either is necessarily right. But, there, but at the same time, there's still this whole religious element that infuses the movie without making it, it's not beating you about the head. That's a good point. That's a really good point. And yes, the, the whole, uh, that, I, I didn't think about it for some reason for a minute about the colonization that Japan had done, but it made sense. I just immediately was like an outsider. Even if you don't know the historical background of all that, you you know them like a small little village, their people, an outsider, and you can really imply that like, oh, people will, because this is something that happens across our world, unfortunately. People who are different at all get persecuted. And whether it's right or wrong, it does happen a lot. So I think yeah. it's easy to, to figure that out, even if you don't have the historical background. But uh, <laughs> I I feel like uh, I feel like the movie is too long because of some of the bullshit that happens later in the movie, not earlier in the movie. That's that's one of the things I want to lay out with with the the playing the games with this Japanese man and what he is and what he isn't. But what we see on screen and then what we're told otherwise, it gets a little bit convoluted, frankly, for me as a first time viewer. And I'm going to throw that out there. Okay, I, I mean, so one of the things that I definitely worried about in terms of you enjoying this movie is the dream element because there's not, <laughs> there's not a ton of dream element going on, but there's enough in that, in, in that our protagonist, uh, Jean Gook is having, um, night, ter night terrors. Right. And then we yeah. finally, mm -hmm. when he has that confrontation, well, there's these two confrontations with the Japanese man in his like almost devil form where he's like red eyed mm -hmm. and like feasting on meat. And on one of those, it's someone else is experiencing it. And then we were, it's like then we see that as a story being told. So we don't know how much stock to place in that. And then we have it happen again. Only it's to, to Jean Gook, only it's like it's connected. There's there's no point where he the character goes to sleep or anything like that. Like it's 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 plugged into the rest of the movie. 
and then all of a sudden he's attacked by the by the stranger and then he kind of wakes up in his bed or on the floor uh screaming and then we learn only later that that wasn't a dream at all that that had actually happened so i think it's actually kind of genius because for me the first time you're watching the movie you're going back and forth through the entire film is the stranger villainous or not mm -hmm. is he good or is he not all the way up to the point where pretty much he's revealing his true form it's only i mean mm -hmm. maybe or when he starts laughing right before that mm -hmm. it's like so late in the game where you're like oh shit yep okay it, it they, he like it, it wasn't as shrouded in mystery as it seemed like he was telling us the whole time he's the villain and so the shaman was in on it 100 percent yeah, that's the creepy. And, that's, and also, you forgot the mushroom toxins. Like we we could be <laughs> like to believe easily that this is just a poisonous epidemic taking over the village. Yeah, that guy survived because he took so many tonics. That's the only reason that guy survived. That one dude. You know, <laughs> tonics good for you. But yeah, so so I guess I read that right when the shaman has all those photos at the end. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. So, and, and he walks in past in through the crime scene and and takes mm -hmm. pictures of uh, Jung Gook dying. Uh, and walks out. Right, so right. Well, that whole that whole last part. But the previous part to that, when he shows up to Jung Gook's that woman, whatever that girl mm -hmm. or oh one, my God. You know, with the puke of the blood. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, yeah, no. that was cool. But like, so that's where that's where they really start to confuse me. And I'm like, oh boy, okay, I'm really confused now. And then they set it all up with the three rooster calls and this whatever mm -hmm. this woman is i don't know what she uh, she's a ghost he's a she's, devil uh, she, all right so she's a, she is a nature spirit she is um she's like ancient korean like like so like folk korean tradition like religion you know it, a lot of times it's just like china where it kind of like varies from village to village and but there's this usual kind of like belief in the animated spirits and within objects and with within nature especially and the belief that each village would have its own guardian or protector mm. from nature and that's her and in fact when the shaman this is one of the only things i actually had to look up to be like what the fuck is happening here because I, I i needed some context and i didn't know it but when the shaman is doing his ritual the first time the one yes. that jean group breaks up and he's on the ground like he, he hacks down that like totem pole thing and he's stabbing mm -hmm. that wood that is the the guardians like of the village guardians like totem that he's attacking there so oh, um, so why are they so showing awesome. the japanese men though like almost dying like he's losing that, his spirit right so I, I, that's why I was happy I went back to watch it a third time because I'm like, what the fuck is happening during this whole intense ritual scene where it's very clearly cut that as the shaman is doing this, the old man is experiencing mm -hmm. that. But you watch yeah. it, you watch it a couple more times, and one thing really becomes incredibly apparent, which is that the old man's ritual is about raising the dead. It's about raising mm -hmm. um, uh, Chung Park, Chung. Chung, mm -hmm. Chung Bay, the guy in the truck Bay. who's all right. mm -hmm. the dead yeah. body. Yeah, it's, it, that's what he's really doing there. That's that's what he's focused on. He's raising a protector to protect him from the coming villagers that he knows is going to come. Oh, I thought guy, he was transferring to him. I thought he was. That's what I thought too. And and but and maybe he was like I think he's transferring some life energy, and that's why he kind of dies for a moment. It's not the ritual that. Um, that the, the shaman's doing. The shaman's doing a ritual to break the 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 spells of protection over the village from the woman, from like the spirit woman, mm -hmm. and that's mm -hmm. why uh, Hyung Jin, uh, the daughter, is like freaking out and begging him to stop because it hurts her to have those protections broken, and like she really wants him to stop because those protections need to stay in place. 
Wow. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty hard to get on your first. On your first yeah. <laughs> it is. It's like a forty-minute so, long death hex. But scene. did you enjoy it anyway? <laughs> Loved it. It's yeah, the scene I, of the I, film. It's the scene of the film. It's so yeah. fucking intense. Yeah, amazing. That, that drum. What, you're talking about mm-hmm. the yeah, shaman the whole, scene? No, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That's the scene it, of the film. I think it's the scene of the film, but it's a bait and switch. The director is like doing this weird thing to us, where he's like letting us think that the shaman is the good guy, but really, mm-hmm. he they're working in tandem together. And the shot well, and it cost right. ten thousand dollars. Yeah, I was so just gonna pay, say that, right? Yeah, that, that makes a lot of yep. sense that it would be a yep. scum fest like that in collaboration, you watch, <laughs> right? You watch the movie, you're like, oh, he's just oh, suddenly he's in a windbreaker <laughs> and he wants a fucking <laughs> ten grand. Like it, it seems yeah. kind of shady, and yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I guess I didn't think of it as a shady. I'm like, well, this guy's very professional. When he's not working, he's not working. I've seen a lot <laughs> of demon exorcism movies, and whenever they go see like Father. Father Damien, Father Damien never is like five hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Got that? Got that ten grand? Yeah. Well, you know, I actually thought uh, Jean Go was an idiot for stopping the ceremony at that time when I first, right. my, I you know, as a first-time yeah. viewer here, I'm like, oh, dude, you can't, you gotta yeah. go through. It's, I know it's not pretty. Your daughter's going through agony. And by the way, this is the part I also want to bring up. So it seems like. And this just looks like a trend to me. You know, we watched, we did The Witch. We got to have like a child. Mm-hmm. Is a child have to be involved in every scary movie that we watch? It seems like there's got to be a child who's no, no. It has up to be, it has to be a, a girl on. child. It has to be a female child, right? Because yeah. it has to well, be the ultimate, like you know, uh, uh, innocence mm-hmm. threatened. I guess it's it's. But you know, I did say when I watched the movie They Then that that had the most egregious death of a dog on film. I'd like to recant that. Uh, this is, oh, I mean, even though the, the 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 murdering of the dog takes place off screen, it's the dog dying and being picked apart by crows that is really as it's dying, just fucking brutal, man. I mean, like I'm like, oh shit, I, yeah, this is really rough. Yeah, I know it's not real though, so I'm like, okay. Yeah, Anyways. yeah, yeah. The dog is fine. <laughs> that dog. Is I know fine. that dog will be okay. I promise you that, right. or at least it was at the time. I don't know if. It's yeah, still well, I can't but, vouch for its life now. You're right. But I'll get. So look, yeah, kids in scary movies, they got to be like the center of it. Fine, okay, whatever. I'll just let it slide. We did the witch. We're doing this. I saw a definite connection there. You know, the kid, the younger boy who goes through hell in that mm-hmm. movie, in the witch, reminded me of that for sure. But again, just like that boy, uh, she. Uh, she really emoted some shit for a young child actor, <laughs> which is, I mean, that screams, that screams that she emotes are incredibly, I, I get it. I was like, even I was like, shit, God damn. It's too intense, man. Fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, and that kind of brings me to another point. I mean, South Korean horror is, is fucking, you watch Trina Basan. It's, it's night and day from what we got here in America. Um, for so many years, that country was censored in the types of films that they could even release, make, or put out there and distribute to the world. Uh, and once that kind of lifted, uh, I think maybe the 90s or so, they just started putting out stuff that was very, very challenging. You hear this word in the horror community tossed out that a lot of people don't like, and it's elevated horror. Uh, this largely comes from South Korean horror cinema. In fact, Ari, Ari Oster talks about it quite a bit, and he's like Mr. Elevated Horror. It's basically um, horror that's heavily thematic uh, mm-hmm. and, and patient, too. Um, in, in a film like this and others, like like Host, um, The Host, and the Parasite, host. 
um, you have very, very big familial issues that are absolutely integral in, integral to to the plot. Uh, very heavy on on family elements, and it's rare to see that uh, in America. It, and it certainly raises the stakes. Uh, mm -hmm. Not not to to be too obvious, but I mean, he 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 when he's when he's like grinding on the ground, screaming that he's got to stop the stranger. Like you almost want to laugh at him because oh. he's so desperate and and like like whining like a like a beat dog. But mm -hmm. it's so like yeah, like man, you got you do got to stop him. But at the same time, you, again, like kind of getting back. Like so, watching it coming to the real realizing that the shaman's completely doing something other than I thought. Oh, I'm I'm it's it's awesome to see uh the character be a good father and see like my daughter's in pain i'm gonna make the choice and and scrap the ten thousand dollars scrap whatever's going on i'm just gonna end her pain and that's actually like the yep. right call and 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 that's cool but on the other hand he makes so many terrible calls throughout the movie like like killing the dude's dog breaking into the dude's house like i mean yep. takes him forever to get there though there's a lot of false starts <laughs> like to go yeah. up this hill and to get to this out, they go with the one guy. Oh no, no, he gets struck by lightning. They go to the hospital, and then they watch this other guy <laughs> flip out and his bones pop out of his neck. And it's like, and then we got to get back there another twenty minutes later. It's it's very, I know it's deliberate, and I get all that, but it's like, okay, is it that hard to get up to this house? Uh, yeah. And all, what what does he say? This one other thing too. Why does the Japanese man say when he first meets with them, like? If I told you, you wouldn't understand. It's such a lame way. I, that bothered me when I saw the ending and I saw you the full scope. Right. Yeah, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. Uh, it's just that's like a to me. I thought that was a little bit about the script trying to like not give away its hand, and well, that seemed a little obvious to me now seeing the whole film. Absolutely, absolutely. There's 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 this because uh, the script is and the director is trying to keep this tension up over whether mm -hmm. or not the stranger is in fact the villain and one of the things that i find most compelling in the movie that again i did not pick up until the third fucking time i watched this movie that explained <laughs> it uh was when the stranger is hanging from a cliff going back to that same scene we we're just talking about where jun gok is like mm -hmm. crying and then he falls and he like oh he like, hurts himself and mm -hmm. he's like cries out in pain and he's like sobbing like and you're like fuck like this poor guy, like, you're really not really sure what's going on, but all you right, see is this right. human in pain. And then, like, I went back and watched it again, and it says it in plain, well, written English and subtitles that this is not a living man. This is a ghost. This is someone who died a long time ago and then occupied the body of mm -hmm. someone else. So that body can feel pain and that body can die. So he's perfectly happy to spread his filth and cause all kinds of pain and take the lives of so many people just to like satisfy his dark whims but he's so sad i'm so much pain i'm so scared for my life like oh you fucking piece of shit but the first time you watch the movie you're like oh poor guy mm -hmm. <laughs> brilliant a lot of like uh goofy cops going what the hell what the hell <gasps> what the hell like for the first hour, yeah, I laughed so hard that scene where they're trying to the, the naked lady in the rain. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah, they have good chemistry, those two. Uh, yeah, it's, but like you said that uh, he was a bad. Did someone say he was a bad father? Uh, Eric did. I mean, well, he's, he's a, his daughter. He's I mean, not. They perfect. have that moment. I mean, they show. Him. Having, I know he's not he's, perfect. Yeah, he's committing adultery like at the end of his driveway while his daughter's going to what? school or whatever the what? fuck. That's like, very wife. close. Like, That's his wife. Oh, oh, huh? <laughs> I 
That's, that's his a, wife, that, man. That's his wife. They they just don't have any privacy. Yeah, they just the car. I thought I oh. thought he was fucking some other woman. Yeah, yeah I no, missed no, that. No, that's his wife. That's his wife. Yeah, I missed yeah. that. I had to piece this together okay. over like five nights. Sorry. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. It's okay. Even as a first time viewer, yes, there's no adultery there. Mm. And she watches all the time. And that's when he takes her out to buy her stuff. And you see the oh, barrette. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. is, is it a barrette? Is that what it's called? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. The pink barrette, which, uh, uh, so. When she shows up to the police station that night, and then he lets her like walk home, and he's already known that some weird shits happen in his village. <laughs> yeah. that, obviously, something <laughs> happened there. Uh, what's okay? So what's with the fucking rash? What does that mean? What is that rash? What are these? What is? What is that? What is it? Well, that so those are the those are those that have been possessed. So there's this weird thing that I think that happens, as as I can tell, in that the 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 shaman and the devil. The stranger, mm-hmm. you know, the two hooks in the opening scene, two hooks spearing a, a worm. They, 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 they're, they're kind of actively looking for, you know, someone to catch. And I think that when the infection is on you, you've been hooked, but you haven't been reeled in. But you've, but you've been hooked. So, well, he says it, that in the movie, right? Pretty much. Like when he uh, says, uh, it's, it's yeah. kind of random. Yeah. Like if you disturb them or him, he, right. then you get attacked. And you, and, the, and the fisherman doesn't know who like who he's going to catch, right? Yes. So that's yeah. the, in terms of the rash, I think that's saying that that person that has been infected with this with this possession, and the the hook is in. Um, they're not completely taken yet, which is why the um, the woman guardian, the village guardian woman, is trying to do her own rituals and stuff to save mm-hmm. uh, Hyojin. I think that's the daughter's name. And mm-hmm. you also see uh, when Chung. Park Bay, whatever I always forget his name. When when that guy, uh, when when they come to his family, you can see that the, a similar festival, a similar ceremony, had taken place at his home too. Like a lot of the same colored stuff, oh, the, yeah. the, the pig and all this stuff is is there right. as well. Um, so I forget where I was going with that. Sorry. <laughs> well, I was talking about the rash originally in the boat. Oh, the oh, right, right. So my point being that like there is this point of intervention that can take place. But uh, if the if if someone unclean comes into the home, someone who has committed a great sin, uh, like, say, tried to hide someone's body who they accidentally murdered Mm. uh, like he does, then it will then that will break the protection and cement the the final like power of the possession. And then the the, then they're completely taken over and their eyes go cloudy and they start killing. Mm. Did they explain like what what um the the nature spirits trap was for the demon at the end the one that he blew so the um the like sprig of like mm-hmm. flowers or whatever so remember when uh in the very opening scene when 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 Zhang goes to uh, the first woman who's been killed or mm-hmm. the first woman mm-hmm. who's freaked out like he looks at the dried up husk of those flowers and they look like little tiny skulls right mm-hmm. he almost goes yeah. to touch it he's like seeing his future there because the guardian woman must have tried to do the same thing like the same exact thing at that yeah. house awesome. and someone walked in there and and spoiled that ceremony too ah, because when because you see the sprig hanging up like above the, mm-hmm. it's actually right behind you mike that kind of archway into his courtyard you yeah, see it you, you yeah so like the sprig of whatever is hanging there and when he crosses that threshold it spoils, and I guess it's at that moment that she starts making, you know, she starts killing inside the house. Yeah, because that's why that's why his wife is actively dying when he walks in, because it, it literally just happened moments before. 
Ah, and now I get it too. It just popped in my head that so when the nature spirit makes the shaman vomit and is like, "What are you doing here?" Right. Really, I mean, they're really fucking with us big time, and I'll give them credit for mm-hmm. that. Cause that's good because I didn't re- I didn't see that in the reality at all. I'm like, oh, and no. she's stepping out of darkness. She seems all evil. Yeah. What are you doing here? And then yeah. like he he freaks out. Awesome. He's freak. He's legitimately freaked out. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm out of here. Yeah. And then, but then we didn't talk about this. The fucking locusts or whatever all show up yeah, in this windshield. Burnt, oh, yeah, amazing. all these bugs or bird shit or whatever. And then he gets out of the car. There's nothing there. And so that's that scumbag devil guy saying, uh, 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 get your ass back in yep. there. Yep. And now you see that at the end. You can only know that after you've watched it. Yeah. And that's, I don't know what that says. I mean, who gives a fuck? That's, it, 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 that's what they're, they're trying to fuck with you. They are. To say that these writers are, and directors and the, everybody creating this film, they are. They're pushing you to the limits for a long time in this movie, and you have to accept that. I usually have a problem with that a lot of the times in horror movies, scary movies, thrillers, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, Seems like but, a cheat sometimes, but it's a, whose perspective you choose to go with. I mean, you could easily tell the no, story I, from three different perspectives. And honestly, my I mean, I've watched it three times now. I, I think my first and third viewing were my favorite, but my, but my first viewing was the best viewing. I mean, like, even though I didn't understand what the fuck was going on and some things <laughs> I was outright wrong about, like the like the big ceremony, uh, it, 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 I still was blown away and totally absorbed and loved it and wanted to go back for more and that's why i'm really glad that i did because there's just this it's just i mean i feel like i'm gonna watch it again you know not right away but i'm gonna watch it again i'm gonna get more out of it there's a, so much meat on you that can. bone yeah you're right but i feel like you could have cut 20 minutes off this movie i do i still the, feel the, that the way lightning the, scene yeah. yeah and the chase of the old, of the japanese man off the cliff the whole process of that that is at a point in the movie where you really think you're at a climax you really do i think it's like like an hour 40-ish, around, somewhere around then. You're like, oh my God, we're almost to the end. Yeah. But if you know the movie's two hours and 35 minutes and you know it's not at all, you're like, how the fuck are I going to fill another 45 minutes of this shit? And that could have <laughs> yeah. that could have been trimmed down a bit because they just, it's like, it's just like horror shots and like cool moments. Oh, cool, let's stick the, uh, you know, the, the fucking hoe in the side of the guy's head who's barely alive. And they, they, so they have, yeah, <laughs> and they awesome. rip his cheek apart. They have all these, it's just like overextended. And that's, that's fun, I guess. But well, I also like I, that, there's 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 this undead element speaking of zombie movies but in in this movie but it's not a, you know, like I wouldn't think of it as a zombie movie and I love that when people get bit it doesn't fucking matter cuz when the movie starts and like that that kind of charred person is like you know they're they're trying to pull down Jung Gyuk and you're like watching the first time like oh shit this is going to be like that's what the rash means it's going to be a zombie movie and it doesn't yeah. do that at all and it turns out to not mm-hmm. matter if it had bitten him it wouldn't have really done anything which I think is really a fun way of fucking with the audience too. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Tropes uh, there. I love that. Um, unlike a lot of horror movies, the uh, the villagers, even the cops, are fucking terrified of what's going on. They're like screaming bloody murder. They're not just like trying to keep their cool at all. Like they're 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 fucking scared. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. terrified. And look what happens to his partner at the end. You know, he ends up. Being a murderer, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he ends becomes up being infected afflicted as well. Yeah, yeah. which is which is rough because he seemed like such a sweet guy. He did seem like such a sweet guy, and he he, he was the guy that he made originally. He made uh, ever all of us believe that he he knew it. he believed it early on, but then he said right after, "Oh, I was just fucking around." You believe that shit? Come on, dude. <laughs> I love that. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's. That's fun, I guess. But like, when you consider that the nephew, who's the deacon, shows up in the final—I yeah. don't know how he found that cave, by the yeah, way. Um, awesome. That wasn't really explained. I don't remember um, ever. 
this pit that he finds the Japanese guy in the final. Okay, that's fair. Right? Where did that come from? I don't know. Maybe he read it in a Bible, and the, there's some secret text in the Holy Church that has the answers to these things. But that's uh, fair. It's set up in there is really cool. Like I, they drag that out because they're going all over the place. Every scene's being shifted mm-hmm. and transitioned yeah. from yeah. Uh, over there with uh, the nature spirit and the shaman and him. And it all and has to be timed yeah. so has to be timed so well because if anything happened, like as soon as you know that the stranger is the villain, like then it's all going to click into place. So you kind of have to like not have yeah. anything revealed. That's soon. That's pretty well choreographed. I will say that. And I had no idea. I really thought that he was a Japanese man and not the devil up until yeah. that. Yeah, I had forgotten he, that. And it slowly morphs, and you get to they keep coming oh, back to scenes with him, his hands on the camera, becoming more male like animal like. Yeah, <laughs> unreal. That's, that's good. That was pretty good. That was yeah, well done. I'll I, give them credit. I, this was that. my second viewing, and up until like that, he started to turn. I figured the deacon would like slowly like start to hack him to death and he'd be like you're you're killing a man like yeah. so much for your faith you're killing a human being I, right. you don't know what yes. you're doing but no man oh it's incredible the devil's li- literally quoting scripture at mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. and and <laughs> i don't think it's an accident that that isam is carrying a sickle i mean mm. That's a symbol of communism. There, there's something I don't, not sure what, but there's any weapon they could have picked. There's any weapon they could have gone with there. Even a True. hammer would have, uh, like, because you see a hammer, you don't think communism. Yeah. You think you there's see a lot a of stupid field weapons in this movie, by the way. That's true. <laughs> they're, they're, they literally like pick up um, fucking pistols. Go to Menards to, to go ch- to go chase him. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, you probably wow. read about that. Uh, so, anything I'm, else? I mean, music-wise, you want to talk? I don't know. It's a fun score, great, cool. It freaks me out, but it's not about the music in this oh, movie yeah, for no, me at all. It's about really... everything else. Something yeah. that uh, an uncomfortable thing uh, to get into a darker moment in the movie that gets it seems almost too too quickly skirted past, which is the 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 rape of the woman uh, at the hands of the, of the Japanese stranger, and. Again, like when we're told about this rape, we're being told as as it's a story, and we don't really know um, if it's if we're seeing something that actually happened. Because he's like, it literally takes place when he's when he's fishing. Like, what a weird place Mm -hmm. to do this. So it it seems like maybe it's just a story, but I think that's really integral when you take into account you know the whole comfort women thing um, that the Japanese men or the Japanese military put Korean women through. That like. this is not an accident to, to have this in the movie. It's 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 tough. It's it's not it's not entertaining. Obviously, it's painful. Um, but there's so much exploration of colonization and it's different forms, not just Japanese, but um, in Korea. Like it's just um, I, it makes me want to learn more about Korean history and watch it again. Hmm. Yeah. That's true. It is a, uh, it does bring about the curiosity to learn more about uh, some of the backgrounds on this because there's a lot of bonus uh, Easter eggs and all kinds of extra stuff that you can learn from watching this movie a second time. Even if I never watch it again, I will admit that freely on this show called Cinema Nine. Cinema Nine podcast. Anything else, gentlemen? Any other uh, final notes on this movie, The Wailing? I think we could probably do our. Yeah, I think we're ready around. to wrap it up. Should I start since I picked it? Sure. Why don't you do that? <laughs> I, I think that the performances in this are something that we haven't gotten gotten into enough. But there's really natural acting in here for I mean, not just for the child actor. I mean, but the way that she when she acts like a, an adult, the way she storms out of a room and shit, she's like fuck that. I mean, uh, but 
also the the side characters of which there is many the the buddies that he goes hunting for the the stranger with uh like every little player in this movie is doing really really strong work but especially uh i wish i'd written his name down or had it in front of me but the the protagonist the guy that played jean Gouk, i mean like wow uh he is he is able to run this extreme range of emotions in this movie where he is silly and sympathetic and uh in danger and 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 like scary furious like he he mm -hmm. really uh just swings for the fences on this one and does such a great job i think that Naha Naha jin's uh Na Hong jin's direction here is absolutely gorgeous i i'm, I'm almost annoyed that it's been so long since he's made a follow-up to this because i really want to see where his vision is going and uh, another person i should have looked up is the name of the cinematographer on this because i mean the the work on this i mean it's a truth elevated horror is right i mean it's a truly beautiful film i mean it just looks incredible the plot is relentless it does not let up. There are a few. I, I I agree. There are some. There are some parts that either are holes or seem like holes, and you figure out later that they're not. And then there's some parts that maybe meander. And uh, in a fairly long film, maybe some other choices could have been made. And I don't think it's perfect, but I think it's pretty close. I really, really love this movie. I'm definitely giving it. Uh, it holds up. Fantastic. Um. Yeah. I mean. We're given a demon possession film, a zombie film in a lot of ways, a police procedural, <laughs> a family drama, a ghost story, all in one movie. Yeah, uh, it, it, It's everything for a horror fan. And you're right. It's shot so beautifully that it doesn't really, it doesn't announce itself as horror for that first hour and a half. And I think that's so important because it makes it more real and it kind of sinks into your insides and it definitely haunted the shit out of me um because it's 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 not atmospherically like a horror movie that I'm used to um mm. it's the realism that that great horror movies like the exorcist spend so much time making it seem like reality this could happen before they get into the horrific elements this is one of the best examples of that man um it's fucking fantastic and it's purposeful, but like, again, you got to be patient. Uh, but the payoff is incredible. It's like an hour and a half of a payoff. <laughs> uh, it's fucking awesome. Loved it. Can't, uh, I, I, I need a break, but, uh, this is, this is one of the best of the 21st century period. Not just horror. Mm -hmm. oh, I agree. Absolutely. I agree. Um, I gotta think back. To when I was sitting there watching it, because uh, you know, some of that was like I didn't fast forward at all. I did not. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, hard, also, hard with the subtitles. Yeah, that's a good point. That you exactly nailed the point I was trying to make there. I gotta, I gotta know what they're saying, even if I know what's happening. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I don't. Actually, this movie puts you off enough that you really don't know what's happening. So I wasn't ready to like jump ahead because I didn't know. I mean, you, you. I have to take it in because it's a, a language foreign to me. I don't understand. And I have to uh, observe all the weird shit that might be going on because it's all ominous and bizarro and otherworldly and supernatural. So as I sit here right now, it, it feels like a, a pretty good movie. It, there's a lot to talk about. Um, yeah. 
I, you know, I was feeling even more shittier when I watched it, so I don't want to let that jade my uh, scope of the viewing. Uh, I, I was a little bit annoyed. I didn't laugh. I didn't think it was funny. I didn't have any laughter in me. Maybe I was sad. I don't know. But uh, I didn't think it was funny. But I, I do think, obviously, it's well done in many respects. So, yeah, it'd be hard to tell somebody that the whaling doesn't hold up. But I don't think I could do that. So, if so, I have to put my stamp on it. I will say that the whaling holds up because it's got a lot to offer. It doesn't rely too much on, like, silly horror tropes or anything like that. I really think of it, like I said, it's to me it's a supernatural thriller, totally, because this, mm. this is all like otherworldly stuff happening it's not it's not really anything real even if it seems real the shit that's happening to some people so i would label it that as such but well i knew you liked yeah. it when you said earlier in the movie earlier in the podcast you said you called it a supernatural t- thriller i'm like yes we got it <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that's if you call a horror movie not a horror movie that's when i know you liked it <laughs> or at least uh, enough to say it holds up. Oh, <laughs> uh, it does. You it's did the well same done. thing with the mist. You're like, isn't that really more of a thriller? No, dude. I mean, <laughs> did I say? Yeah, you did. I don't remember what I said about the mist. Did the mist hold feature. up? I don't know. You said it held up. It's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, the witch held. I think every scary movie that's been brought to the table, I've actually approved. You I have. Believe. That's true. Yep. You've, you've been like on four. Board. I'm thinking of four of them. We got you've our hooks in you. Uh, yeah. You have. So. Good All job. Right. Whee! Three holds up for the whaling. Way to go, Na Hong Jin. Yeah. Well, more importantly, it's great to uh, all, all three of us be back together on the show again. Um, I do not do well really with my schedule disrupted. Like I, I need things to be the I same. I know you don't all the time. I, I don't need... do well with change. I don't do <laughs> fear change. Yes. Yeah. Well, hopefully things will be back to normal now. It looks like uh, the worst could be behind us, and we're looking at better weather ahead. So. That's the Cinnamon Eye Podcast, and you can email the show, cinnamonipod at gmail.com. And if you want to review the show, five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, both are available. We would really appreciate that. It only takes a moment, and uh, we'd Truly. be grateful for that. What are we doing Truly. next week? Before, Yeah, what are we doing next week, Eric? Well, it's still October, so uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean. That's, we got I mean, one more right? week, yeah. <laughs> you cannot escape it, man. We're going to continue what we started and uh we're gonna bring some more thrills to the table man uh you know what i've been on the sidelines too long Bre- uh, brandon uh got to pick a film uh luke got to pick one you just picked one but it's my time now yeah. and we are going back to 1997 we're hooking up with eddie barzoom <laughs> kevin yeah. lomax all right the devil's advocate oh wow. wow i knew that was coming on the show eventually it's my time now Yes. <laughs> Hold up. It's been a hell of a long List time. List on yeah. tap. Yeah. All right. Wow. That's, yeah. That's going to be great, man. I, that was advocate was. It's probably yeah. going to suck. It might <laughs> suck. I'm worried. Yeah. It might suck. He's I'm a worried. sadist. He's an absentee landlord. That's all I know. Absentee <laughs> landlord. Yeah. I, don't, I don't have the Pacino uh, in me right now, but yeah, that'd be great. That was advocate. Good call, Eric. Yeah, I can't call. wait to talk about that. There's, a lot of laughs. There'll be a lot of laughs, <laughs> yeah. I feel like, just because. Yep. Barzoom's of, jogging suit. I mean, Eddie <laughs> Barzoom. I forgot about that. Eddie Barzoom. Oh, man. When we, yeah, yep. when we were younger, Horrible Hog Beast was, oh, man, that was, that's not funny now. Um, but immature kids say dumb things. What can I tell you? Yeah, we were teenagers. So, yeah. I was, right, I was there, and it's true. And, yeah. Hey, you know what? People grow. That's part of the whole experience of living. And as we grow as a show, you can see us mature in real time. It's pretty cool. So come along for the ride. Stick around. Next week, The Devil's Advocate. 
Yeah, watch. <laughs> Come to watch us age. Maybe stick around for the movie reviews. I don't know. It's up to you. But uh, it's great to be back together again. Thanks, guys. Good times. Noodle salad for Travis, Eric. I'm Michael. It's the Cinema Night Podcast. We bid you adieu till next week. None of us speak Korean, so I don't think we no, I got no, nothing. No, no I got clever nothing. quote. <laughs> Shake a fucking brick. <laughs> <laughs>